What is up? It is week four of the college lacrosse season. It feels like it's week five because we had a half a week the first week of the the season technically. So I think everyone else is calling it week four. That's what I'm going with. We have a ton of great games to talk about. So we're going to get into that. As always, be sure to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you're dinged when we put new videos up. But we're going to get right to it. First game I want to talk about, Denver at North Carolina, opening up North Carolina's new facility. Denver comes out slow. North Carolina comes out pretty strong and, and, and has a lead for a good chunk of this game. Denver battles back late and ends up pulling out the 12-10 to 10 win. Two great things for Denver. One, uh, Austin French is back. Austin French hasn't been healthy, and he comes back today. He scores one goal and five assists in his uh, season debut for the Pioneers, and Ethan Walker goes for four goals today. So that's their. these guys are supposed to be their two best players. French has been out. Walker has been struggling a little bit. You know, he's done all right, but not normal Ethan Walker uh, for what I expected at least out of him. So for him to put up four goals today and for French to go for six points, that is huge for Denver. Carolina, they didn't look bad. William Perry, he goes for four goals. Justin Anderson, that kid's a hell of a lacrosse player. He goes for two goals and an assist. Nikki Solomon, two goals. So Carolina looked decent. Goalkeeping play, Alex Reddy looked solid in cage for Denver, and he wins the goalkeeping battle, and that ends up being the difference here in a 12-10 game, a close game on the road. Carolina drops to 3-2. and two. Denver up to 4-1, and one. and the Pioneers, if they're not careful, they're going to continue to climb the rankings here. So excellent game. Had by all, though. It was great great watching this. It was great to see North Carolina play a game on an actual field. And the next game I wanted to talk about, my beloved Syracuse Orange drop one at the Dome to Virginia. So, I mean, it's not like it's a bad loss, but all losses in the Carrier Dome are bad losses in my mind. Virginia improves to 3-2. and two. Cuse drops to 2-2. Two and 15-14 two. decisions. So this was a, an incredible game from start to finish. It was an old-school Syracuse-Virginia matchup. On the day, Michael Krause was too much for Syracuse to handle, especially late. He goes for three goals, three assists. None of those assists more important than the final one that he tossed to Mikey Herring for the game winner in overtime. There was a little pick play on the back at X. Uh, Herring picked for Krause, and as Krause kind of came right, Syracuse played it poorly. Herring got open on that backside. Krause hit him, and the rest is history. So it was a hell of a game, though, all the way through. Uh, Drake Porter looks solid in cage for Syracuse. He goes for 14 saves on the day. You know, it's below 50%, but... Uh, he, he, he still played solid. So for Virginia, Dox Aiken, a hat trick, Ian Laviano, two goals and an assist, Matt Moore and Ryan Conrad each go for two goals. So the usual suspects all showed for Virginia and, uh, the defense didn't. That's, that's been typical. And they, they switched, uh, split time in, in, in the goal. I see, uh, Birkinshaw started the game and he actually played pretty solid. Uh, six saves, seven goals against, and Alex Road came in and only had four saves, seven goals against. So I think that helped Syracuse a little. Bradley Voigt, he goes for three goals. Jacob Buttermore, the young gun, he uh, goes for a hat trick as well. Steven Rafis looked better today. He's been battling the flu for a couple of weeks, so that's why he hasn't been himself. And he goes for two goals and an assist today, and for the first time, he actually started to look like himself, so that's a great sign for Syracuse. Jamie Tromboli, two goals. Brendan Curry looked good again, one goal, two assists. So, Excellent game, though. Old school battle, ton ton of action between the boxes, and uh, just a lot of scoring. So it was a great game. The dome was packed. It was loud. And uh, you can also see our highlight video that we did for this. And you can actually hear in between goals how loud it really was at the dome. So great old school battle. Worth watching. Check it out on Watch ESPN if you didn't get to see this game. 
Upstart Utah traveled across the country to take on Furman. Both teams came into the game two and three, and Utah jumped out hot early. I believe the score was six nothing before Furman finally got on the board. At, at some point, Utah was winning eight to three, and then Furman rattled off the game's next four goals to get get it within eight to seven. Wasn't as close as the final score indicated because Utah really did dominate it from the beginning. And like I said, uh, late in the third quarter, about five minutes left in the third, they're up to eight to three. So Furman showed poise, battling back slowly but surely. Utah wheels kind of came off a little bit in the fourth quarter. They, they just couldn't get that goal to bury them in that fourth quarter. Liam Donnelly in cage for Utah. He played tough, 17 saves versus just seven goals against. So he puts up a 70% save percentage. That's excellent. Number one for Utah, Josh Stout continued to impress me. The very first game that we covered that he that I watched, that he, he ended up putting up, I think, three goals, four goals in that game as well. Kicker being, he, he did that a lot, dodging. And today he scored two lasers from out top. So he proves not only can he dodge and, and is he, he's insanely quick, but he's also got a cannon of a shot on him too. And uh, right now I believe they were saying he's leading the country in goals. So that's a, that's a hell of a, hell of a thing for a, a former club kid to just be tearing it up in, in, at the division one level like he has. So congrats to him. Teammate Brandon Wilson and James Sexton of OCC fame. They both go for two goals. Jarrett Birch two and one for Furman. So Furman, they dropped to two and four, but Utah three and three looking good. So hats off to the Utes. That's that's a great road win for them traveling all the way across the country to play that one. So I'm looking forward to these guys continuing to to just look solid in their first year. Yale got scared yet again. This time they host UMass. One and three, one and two UMass coming into the game. Now UMass after this loss to Yale, they dropped to one and three. Yale at two and one, but 12 to 11 win over UMass in overtime. So this this was a brutal one to watch. UMass came out and they they came out gunning and they took a really early lead and and Yale started to battle back and then it went back and forth but late in this game um Yale's up by 2. UMass scores the final two goals of the game to tie it up late. It ends up going into overtime, and it, go, it we make it through the whole overtime period. Both teams get some get some possessions before Matt Gaudet finally scores the game winner in overtime. Gaudet had a hell of a game, three goals and an assist. Brendan Rooney goes for a hat trick, and Jackson Morrill really led the day. He goes one and four. Morrill was key in the fourth quarter, actually late in the third through the fourth quarter. He had one goal and three assists. Over that stretch, it might have been one and two, but he went either one and two or one and three over that final, say, 17 minutes of play. So that was big for Yale. Gaudet, though, finishing well, that was also big for Yale. In cage, Jack Starr didn't look great. Five saves uh, versus 11 goals against. So that wasn't awesome for Yale. And I keep saying that Starr is going to be a key to to Yale being able to to get far in the tournament and right now he's not playing his best lacrosse but we'll see how that goes uh the defense could figure some 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 things out a little bit more effectively also TD Erlen had another great day dominating the faceoffs and despite his dominance at the faceoff X still a close game Jeff Trainer goes 3 and 1 for UMass and teammate David Spencer, two and one. Billy Philpot, two goals. Ben Spencer, two goals. So UMass able to spread it out. They didn't look like a team that is now sitting at one and three. So I'll give them that. And they have had some battles so far this season. But more importantly, Yale, a win is a win is a win. So pulling this out once again in overtime, they're going to grow from this. Uh, there's going to be a, a lot of things they'll be able to take away from the tape in this. They left a lot on the field, but they get a win. And that's all that matters. So Yale sitting at two and one. 
another overtime victory. So hats off to them. But Matt Gaudet, great game by him. And then uh, Jackson Morrow playing the way that he's been playing. That's going to continue to to play and be key for Yale. Cornell hosted Albany in the freezing cold up at, at up in Ithaca. And it ended up being a heck of a game. Cornell, it was close battle back and forth early on. I mean, they were trading goal for goal for goal. Cornell pulls away late, though, and they end up taking a, a 16 to 12 lead or a 16 11 lead at one point. Albany just battles back, chips away, chips away, chips away. They end up tying the score up 16 all, and it, and it ends up taking Cornell. I believe it ended up being Connor Fletcher scoring the final goal of the game to give Cornell the lead with under a minute left. Fletcher had a big day, two goals, two assists, but the story of the day is Jonathan Donville. He goes four and three. Uh, Piatelli, the sophomore, he goes for five goals. Jeff Teat, one and four for five points. So Cornell spread it out. Clark Peterson, one and two. And uh, Bullen in cage, uh, not very good. Seven saves, 16 goals against. Uh, Goalkeeping was not a strong suit in this game at all as uh, Albany's goalie. Played like garbage also. Uh, good sign for Albany, though, because no Dehoga Nanakoke in this game, and they were still able to battle back, back and play Cornell really, really tough. So Patterson, three goals, three assists. Kyle Casey, two and two. And uh, Eccles gets uh, three goals on the game. So that is huge for Albany, that even without Nanakoke, they're able to play Cornell on the road extremely tough. So they're still one and two, and that's not great, but it, but it is a good sign for how they're possibly going to fare once they get into uh, the America East play. And Cornell, three and oh. Uh, a win is a win is a win. So it doesn't matter that they let them climb back into it and put a scare in them. They did pull the win out. They're going to have to shore some things up on defense, though. They haven't, they have not looked good defensively, not at all this season. They let Hobart score a bunch of goals. They're letting Albany score a bunch of goals. Lehigh, they did look strong in, uh, throughout that game. And I think Lehigh may be the best team they've played so far. But either way, wins a win, 17 16 shootout in the cold in Ithaca. So it was a great game. Friday night, Duke takes on Richmond on the road. Uh, it ended up being a much closer game than the score indicates. Duke ends up winning 11-7, but it was close throughout. Richmond played tough lacrosse. They proved that they are a legit team uh, sitting at 3-2 and two right now, but their losses are to Duke and Maryland, and they got a win over Notre Dame. So Richmond looks legit. Teddy Hatfield, 3-1. and one. Tyler Schultz, 2-1. and one. So they were tough. Uh, uh, Jack, Ru- what's his name? Rustbolt. Jack Rustbolt. He goes for 11 saves on the day. So he looks strong in cage. R- Joe Robertson con- continues to be strong for Duke. Three and one. Brad Smith looked like Brad Smith of old. So I think that he might be getting over. I think he had a high ankle sprain. I can't remember what his injury was, but he's starting to look healthy again. And he's, his cannon is right, is, is back. He goes three and oh. Uh, Nakai Montgomery played uh, yesterday. He goes two and oh. So Duke. Look strong. They're now five and one. So yes, they got that loss to high point, but at five and one, they're pleased lacrosse team right now after an early season loss. And, and this is where we expected them to be after their first five or six games. You always expect for them to have one loss at this point in the season, usually in, in February. So Duke gets another good win over yet another good team on the road nonetheless. So that's a good thing for the Blue Devils. Old school rivalry, Princeton hosting Johns Hopkins. Both of these teams needed a win. I posit that Hopkins needed it a little bit more badly because going up to the Dome next weekend at 1-3 and three would have really sucked if you were a Blue Jay. In the end, Hopkins pulls it out 14-12. Princeton drops to 1-2. and two. Hopkins heading to the Dome next weekend now at 2-2. Two and two. Syracuse also 2-2. Two and two. So that is going to be a damn battle up at the Dome. Usual suspects for Hopkins. Cole Williams, 3-1. and one. 
Brett Baskin, 3-0. Joey Epstein struggled early, but he ends up putting up two goals and an assist late in this game to try to help Hopkins get that two. Uh, they ended up having, I think, a three-goal lead prior to letting Princeton chip back into it again. But a uh, great game, and Epstein grew up before our eyes here. as He's been playing great all season, but for him to just continue this evolution as a player in his first year, he's going to be exciting to watch, and I'm terrified to see what he does against Syracuse next weekend. Princeton looked tough. Uh, it was a tall task uh, that, that Hopkins had trying to hold this Princeton attack down. Sowers goes 2-3 and three on the day. Chris Brown goes 2-1 and one and Durbin 3-0. and oh. But in, in the end, Princeton, this isn't terrible for Princeton. Hopkins defensively looked a lot better than they have all year long. So they're finally, you know, starting to put it together on both sides of the field now. So excellent game out of both teams, though. Hopkins needed that win, and they're sitting pretty heading up to the Dome next weekend. 